Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Well, hello, everyone. It's Janet. It's Wednesday, and I'm back. I'm excited to be here. It's a, it's a special show today, and one that is uh, important. And I'm going to be working on Ryan. I've worked on him before. He is the son of, an, of a caller, Robin, that calls in from time to time. And <clears throat> he has a significant pattern. He is a paranoid schizophrenic and is has a lot of problems in life as a result and has been um, hard for his parents. It's, been, it's a difficult road when you have this kind of pattern in, 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 in your own life or in a loved one's life. And so not only does my heart go out for Ryan, uh, it also goes out for the family. And some, the situation with Ryan has intensified. In some ways, it's gotten um, more difficult. And so Robin reached out, and she asked me to do another healing. Now, when she did that, I suggested that I send her one of the chapters from my second book. Is It happens to be... <clears throat> about a series of healings I did on the paranoid schizophrenic. I call her Sophia in the book. And I worked on her maybe two, three, four dozen times. She had a very, even more severe situation than than Ryan, but very severe. And And the reason I wanted her to read it, unfortunately my book isn't out yet, but the reason I wanted her to read it, of course, was for her to understand this just how deep this kind of soul scramble or this kind of difficulty goes. And it takes really consistent work, consistent attention, consistent neutralizing. But this, these higher self techniques absolutely can help and do help. But I wanted her to understand, and she does understand really well, that even though whatever I do accomplish on the radio is permanent, whatever we neutralize, whatever comes up, whatever is, you know, cleared in this session, it is still in a way, but a tip of the iceberg when we have a pattern this with this kind of depth. And she understood very well, but she's very much wants to give it a try. And when I read you the, the email she sent explaining the situation, the current situation. You'll know why she's hoping that there'll be some some kind of um, shift, some kind of help, and I'll explain that in a bit. She will be listening to the phone call herself. She's been so upset about everything, and it's been difficult um, for her these last few days. And so I don't know that she'll come on and talk to everyone, but she is listening live. And I send her my love, and I know all the listeners will send it to her as well. But before I begin, I would like to just give you some brief feedback. I did hear from Shannon. Now, Shannon, I think I worked on her three weeks ago. She was the one that had so many difficulties in her life, including Lyme's disease, which she had had diagnosed very, very late, and as a result, it had done a lot of damage, and she was in chronic pain, and there were many other things, too. I encourage you, I believe it was three three Wednesdays ago, so if you're interested, 
to hear her healing and hear her issues, please go back and take a listen. Um, it was very interesting, and I'm, of course, always hopeful that there's a shift. And she did send me a feedback, and she said, um, she said, since the show, she's been doing quite well. I've kept up with listening to your archive shows three to five times a week. And I just want to say, yippee, thank you, not because they're mine, but thank you for really, um, if you heard my show last week, any of you, um, I was really encouraging everyone to be consistent, make that commitment to yourself to do the work because there just seems to be some sort of disconnect when people know in the in the real world you you know you have to work at things you have to put in the time you have to pay your dues and all of that i'm not going to repeat all that i said last week but somehow with the energetic work the, the mostly because there is a limited understanding of energetics and where they all come from and just how much we have and just how powerful an effect they have on our lives People often are looking for that magic bullet, and but but Shannon really has made the commitment to herself, and she is really doing the work. And whether it's doing my techniques or any other kind of techniques, that commitment to the self is really key. That's like saying I'm important. I'm I'm someone that matters, and I deserve to get better. And because you are making that commitment, you are activating and empowering and self-empowering yourself. And so that's what Shannon's been doing. So I'll read you the rest of her thing. She said, she's also been doing a lot of the empowerment with her amalgamations as well, primarily with her immune system, her digestive system, and her nervous systems. The pain has been managed well, and I feel empowered connecting to the divine soul essence the higher self, the originating source, and calling in that which raises her vibrations. And she says she does the releasing and neutralizing, too, usually at night before bed. Uh, she said today, which I think she wrote me yesterday, it was a high-paying day for some reason, but otherwise I've been doing exceedingly well. All day I've been calling in divine nervous system, divine neurotransmitters, and divine calm, and I'll be able to attend an event I thought earlier I would have to cancel. So the energy she's calling in do, do make her feel better, um, and that's what they're there for. We all have access to them, and that's exactly what they're there for. She said she started a new essential oil protocol for the Lyme's disease, and the neutralizing and empowering has much enhanced that process as well. Now, this is so terrific. I'm so excited she mentioned this because... You, you infuse other things with the divine energies and you're also going to get help. She said, I feel like the oils are enhanced by the empowerment energy and it's a very proactive process for her. And yes, Shannon, uh, I haven't responded to her email yet, but I will. And But if you're listening to the show, I am responding saying, great. This is so exciting, and yes, you're right. When we infuse the divine energies uh, in the various parts of our day, parts of our lives, 
uh, various uh, healing modalities that we are using other than what I um, share with you guys, it is always going to empower. It's always going to raise the vibration and uh, bring it to your highest ideal. So it's very exciting and I'm thrilled. Um, she said today it would have been easy to say, because she, remember she woke up with a lot of pain. She, she said it would be easy to say I can't focus, I can't do this. But I did what I could and feel like it's becoming second nature to do this. Even three minutes can make a difference. Thank you, Shannon, because this person, me, I keep repeating that, doesn't take a lot of time to get the benefit. And I think I get, you know, you go Janet deaf at some point because you hear, hear it so much. But here you're hearing it from Shannon. Not only has it become second nature, but she doesn't have to do it very long to make a difference. And that's really uh, exciting that she brought that out. And I want to thank her very much. She she clearly will have a ways to go. She has a lot to work on. She had a lot of issues. Um, and Lyme's disease not having been caught early is definitely a big issue all by itself. So, but she's on the right track and she's going to find in six months to a year that things have shifted very significantly for her. Even physically, this work helps with everything. Otherwise, I wouldn't tackle somebody like Ryan or Sophia that have very serious mental issues. The energetics, the soul beliefs, the soul identities, the soul hurts and wounds all affect what we are manifesting in that outer reality, whether it's our physical body or our mental state or our emotional state or psychological state. They, it affects everything, and these techniques I share with you help with everything. Again, the more serious issues, the really deep patterns, they take that consistent work. And, you know, it would be like if you were 100 pounds overweight and you decided you were going to get into physical shape. And I know I keep using the gym analogy until you're, you know, you're, you're you know, shaking your head and rolling your eyes. But if you decided to take care of the physical body and you want, you were gonna you join a gym, it's not gonna take you a week or three. It's going to take a year or two of consistent work to really deal with that physical baggage, which of course is reflective of the energetic baggage. And it would go faster if you did worked on both sides of the coin. But the analogy here is just saying when we have an incredibly deep pattern, when we have an incredibly deep issue, it takes commitment. And what is one or two years? I mean, Sophia had experienced the major problems in her life, her whole adult life, been in and out of institutions, had so many problems, and my book is coming out soon, so you all can read about it. She's really had great results. Is it perfect yet? No. But compared to the prior 20 years, there's such a significant change. And it's been a couple, three years. I, I don't know exactly. But the point is, guys, there can be change for these very deep, serious issues if there's commitment. Ryan is a little bit different. Sophia sought me out. She came to me because she was determined 
to get well. She didn't want to live with all the nightmares she was having. Uh, I don't mean necessarily nightmares at night. I just mean her life was in a state of shambles. She didn't want to live like that anymore, so she was seeking help. Ryan's mom, Robin, is coming to me, and she's seeking that help. And so I'm going to read you the email that she sent because I want you all to understand what is happening in the moment. Okay. Ryan graduated from USC in 2010. He wanted to conduct his philosophy research in grad school, but he didn't get in. And after several years of trying to submit his applications, he finally gave up, all the while continuing his research on his own. He relied heavily on the USC library for his philosophy books. He had a lot of them out. He often had overdue fines. One day, the USC library said his card had expired, and Ryan went off the deep end. Instead of calling to find out the issue and work it out civilly, he immediately assumed Ryan was in on the plot with the FBI to suppress his research because he says it calls for, quote, a new order of society. Now, remember, Ryan is a paranoid schizophrenic. Okay, he wrote a series of hateful, racially charged emails, which got progressively worse, about killing the Jew capitalists and squishing their Okay, that's, I can't read that out, but squishing there, you can imagine, a body part, and putting them in the infinite torture matrix. Several of the library workers were Jewish and felt threatened and afraid. USC filed a complaint to the police that eventually led to Ryan's arrest. He had made those kind of threats to us for years, and they saw it, Robin and her husband saw it as just hot air. He'd never made any move to carry them out. His goal was to hurt and be mean, a projection of his own inner confusion and self-loathing. But this was the first time he took his angry, mean threats out into society. He was arrested on September 24th on felony criminal threat charges. Very serious. He's mostly been in L.A. County Jail, but they transferred him yesterday to Wayside in Castaic. He's been okay in jail, uh, thank God. As far as the library card, it turns out Rich and I returned 33 library books, paid the fines, and the librarian asked if we wanted to reinstate the card. He, We said it wouldn't be possible now, but it just shows that Ryan could have remedied the situation if he had not acted improperly. Also, Ryan has an idea for a business that incorporates that incorporates his research, but his early attempts to get that business going were disappointing. (coughs) So I think Ryan, this is Robin talking, I think Ryan is at the crossroads in his life, what to do now, and his level of anxiety and psychosis are skyrocketing. Ryan does not think there's anything wrong with him, and he rejects any notion that he has a mental illness, the paranoid schizophrenia, and could possibly benefit from medication. He sees himself as someone important because of his groundbreaking, or what he feels is groundbreaking, research. Uh, But he believes the government is trying to suppress and that they've implanted something in him that allows them to read his mind and that he's being followed everywhere by the FBI. 
he is in complete denial that there's anything wrong with his thinking. And he's always the victim. He's never wrong. He's better, smarter than others. And he should be the leader of a new system for society. Okay. Now, he has some serious issues and that paranoid schizophrenia, it's not that I'm any kind of expert on it, but because you're paranoid, any attempts to be rational or to help often get seen as, uh, you know, in conspiracy mode. And the paranoid schizophrenics are very difficult to to um, to heal or to get into therapy. I was lucky that Sophia really did want to heal herself. She was incredibly paranoid, and you will see when you read my book. Um, <clears throat> but because she had that self-motivation, she was able to allow it in somehow. <laughs> so it was... It was different for her than I think a lot of um, a lot of others, and and it's just very difficult for Ryan. Anyway, tomorrow Robin continues is the preliminary hearing, and they are hoping that the attorney can work out a settlement with the DA for lesser charge, probation, and court-ordered psych counseling. But Ryan has to agree to the psych counseling, and Robin isn't sure he will. Um, Ryan is also banned from coming within 100 feet of the USC campus. I mean, this is intense, guys. And his parents, their hearts are breaking. It is very, very difficult. Anyway, he says, she says, I wish he would do counseling to try medication to see how it affects his thinking. Uh, He would see taking medication as the government trying to brainwash him. So she's iffy about that possibility but in any case there's always that hope and she says though I hope the healing will put Ryan in a more conciliatory mood for the hearing tomorrow and that he will accept the terms of psych counseling if it is offered on the other hand the DA may not want to settle at all and the case could go to trial which we don't want to happen and she just goes on to say that she's been a total wreck and um, she just doesn't know what's going to happen well, here's the deal. I'm when I do the healing today, and we're going to go into a healing on it for sure. When when I do the healing today, I just want to be really clear that I the healing is in Ryan's highest ideal. It is going to bring him to the place that is the best for him at that moment, you know, at the moment in time. So you and I or every listener might think, oh, let's get him out of jail, let's whatever. But that may not necessarily be the highest ideal for Ryan. I don't know in my little pea brain what is the highest ideal. We all know that often the darkest clouds offer the brightest silver lining. And I don't know how this dark cloud needs to play out in order to bring that silver lining in at the very highest level. So I just want everyone to to know and understand that I'm not going to be focusing on what I personally um, wished would happen. Maybe that is the best thing, but I'm I have to put it in the highest idea, guys. Deal. That's just the way it works with the amalgamation and if I go to heal the elbow and it's really the knee we need the knee we need to address and you've heard me talk about this often 
that knee is going to get healed no matter how hard I'm trying to heal the elbow. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so I just want to be clear on that. Um, I did have a case, uh, and it's also in my book, of uh, a guy I knew for 30 years who went into a serious diabetic coma and was in it for over three weeks. And I was going in and working on him and this, that, and the other. And everybody thought it would be better for him to... He was indecisive about whether to die or not, which is why he didn't come out of the coma. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you that story. Ryan's is enough. Um, it's enough. Uh, the book should be out soon, guys. I think within a month, maybe sooner. I'm just not sure of how the process goes right right at the moment. Um, what more part of the process I still haven't done yet. So, in any in any case. There's just so many examples in my book. There's, it's just a lot. You're going to really enjoy reading it, uh, I think. Um, I want to instead really focus on this healing for Ryan, and we'll do the best we can to make tomorrow unfold in the best way that it possibly can. And um, I have gotten the impress from the higher selves all morning to bring in not only Ryan and his parents to be part of the healing, uh, at least energetically, but also I'm going to bring in the everyone involved in the case, um, the attorneys for both sides, the judge, anybody directly or indirectly related to the case, as well as Ryan. I don't know whether or not we're going to do a long healing on those uh, the other people, but I want to bring the whole situation, the whole condition into the highest ideal. I also am going to bring in um, everyone that he is connected to within the prison system, wherever he is, whether it's other inmates, whether it's guards, whether it's uh, administrators, whatever it is, because I want the experience there to also be moving and shifting into uh, highest ideal for him um, and make that situation as good as as we can make it. So we have a lot to cover today, and so I'm just going to get started. Uh, I know that Robin is listening and... um, She's going to go along with it, and I I already know you will be brought in, Rich, and also also Ryan's dad. Okay, so um, we are, well, you know the drill, guys. I'm sorry, but it's it's kind of a heavy kind of day. My heart is is very um, full and very uh, very much wanting to make this situation better. Anybody out there who's a parent can understand just and empathize so so intensely when something isn't right with our children. No matter what it is, little big or in between, it's very tough. So this is this is a this is a this is a heavy kind of thing. So okay guys, I want everyone to sit back, relax. I'm going to have a little bit of water here. Get comfortable. Take those few deep breaths. And I can see, <coughs> excuse me, 
I can see already the higher self setting the scenario. I see many, many people around the... Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I see many people around the hub, past, present, and future listeners. I see um, the... We're having... I mean, around the rim of the wheel, not the hub. The hub is... There's multiple hubs. I have... It's as if... It reminds me of the Apple Watch where you have these little symbols all around the face. It's like we have different platforms of energy that are housing all the souls that I mentioned. And on the different platforms, you have the different souls. You have the courtroom souls, the ones involved in the legal proceedings, um, the judge, the lawyers, and all of that. On one platform, you have the things uh, in the prison, um, the whole scenario, all the people involved in the prison, at least those that wish to come in. We have um, the parents um, and the step-parent, and we have uh, Robin, and uh, we also, on on our own separate one, and we also have um, Ryan right there in the center of it all. And I now am just going to ask everyone to just focus on my voice, understanding that we're activating first that uh, now moment. Just follow my voice and bring that mind's eye in. We're trying to activate the focus of attention. As you all know, we want to make that focus of attention as uh, pointed as we can because it's the turn-on switch. And with it, we're we're moving into this now moment, and I see it being set up. It's encompassing the totality of all. Oh, I forgot to mention, um, yeah, I'm getting a little wave from Jane, Jane of Jane and Company. And the reason they're here is because there was an entity, and Jane and Company, I think I've mentioned briefly to you all on the radio. If not, you'll learn about them in the second book. They're mentioned in the second book um, more than once, and I have a um, a summary of the third book because my next book is going to be on Jane and Company. And one of the beautiful souls that are part of Jane and Company is someone named Aggie, and she had some very severe mental illness. It's a long story. I'm not going to go into it now, but she indicated um, that she wanted to be present for this healing to help with Ryan. And I think she may have come in before and now it's just triggering a memory for me that another time that she was here well there she's here but there's more than just Aggie here there's a bunch of bunch of souls here um uh oh that's interesting okay well the indication I'm getting is that they're actually going to help spread some of the energy that we're giving and utilizing on Ryan they're going to um of course, with the help of the higher self, because they are always supervised um, by those, you know, um, with, with great experience and, and everything. So they're supervised by the higher selves, and they will be bringing the energies to others who are both in body and out of body to help others with this kind of mental illness. So that's just a whole other um ripple effect of the healings that we're doing. And I'm I'm excited about that. How exactly they do it, I don't know. I'm not giving that information right at the moment. But they're here, and so they are um, participating in that way. Okay, so now we are going to 
continue using the focus of attention. We have the now moment, very powerful energy field set up, and it is going to be expanded, and it is being expanded into the forever now moment, where we are going to be encompassing the totality of the past, present, and future nows. And this forever now moment is absolutely huge. It is um, very, very uh, all-encompassing, and it's important because it allows us to to tap in in a very deeply conscious, significant way into the past and future nows that may have some bearing on the current life pattern. So that is very, very important for all of us to... um, to be aware of and to focus on and and understand that the higher selves have brought this forever now moment to me and um, encourage me to bring it to you all because it's just we want to bring the healing into the highest level we can especially but really not not just because it's a heavy moment we want to do it for every healing no matter how major or not major a situation is. We always want to do it because we always want as much of the energetics that we've carried forward into this life to be healed as many layers as we can. So this gives us access to uh, the totality of the soul process. And so I'm seeing very much that Ryan... um, Ryan is here. I mean, you know he's here, but I am being indicated for some reason. Specifically, the highlight is on Ryan, so I'm guessing we're going to start there. Now, the next step is simply to use that focus of attention to <clears throat> activate the pure soul essence light that we all have. And it is happening, and by activating the light and expanding the light, we are filling not only the now moment, but the forever now moment. We are, in essence, becoming one with, amalgamating with, this pure soul essence light, both at the physical, the mind, and the soul level. So the light is just permeating the totality of that forever now moment. And it's becoming a brilliant field, a brilliant energetic field, filling with all of the light. And it is... uh, it is attracting in as it does every week. It's um, many souls who are coming to partake of the light. It's really um, uh, wonderful that we're able to help in this way. And now we're going to, well, because we've um, expanded the the light to fill this forever now moment, we are able to um join in one accord and we are doing that so we're all working together on this guys and we're now calling in that conglomerate higher self energy and it's the higher selves of each and every one of us and there's multiple other higher selves here those who are in charge of some of the people those who are supervising Jane and company there there are many many higher selves here there are higher selves in charge of Um, certain um, types of souls, like those who are mentally ill. There's just a lot of um, energetics here helping today. So I'm just appreciative of all the energy, and it's filling and becoming one with the totality of the forever now moment and with uh, becoming one 
with the totality of all of us at that soul level. And the last step, of course, is bringing the energetic field into the and becoming one with the originating source of all there is, moving it into that creative force, quote-unquote, womb of originating source, which enables us to tap into an incredible, powerful resource, um, a reservoir of this creative life force energy that empowers what we already carry, enabling us to give give birth uh, to uh, to ourselves and in particular to Ryan and any of the others we are healing today into a higher frequency, into um, a uh, more expanded place. And so it is working that empowerment side very uh, consistently throughout the healing, even though I tend to focus in on the more negative side, I am want you all to be aware that the empowerment is ongoing all the time. Um, even though many of the listeners here are not mentally ill, many of us know people that are, many of us have family members that are, um, or don't we all carry elements? Of course we do. We all carry elements of the uh, and aspects, especially of whatever has come in and as part of the emotional space behind the pattern or as part of the psychological space or as part of the um, misunderstandings and misconceptions. So even though we're working on Ryan and his particular situation, please be aware that you can work on elements for your own situation. And if you know anybody who is mentally ill, the higher selves are indicating another hub, um, and there are people already on there that I didn't mention, and you can place your loved ones or your friends or acquaintances on that hub, anybody you might know that has uh, issues with mental illness, and in this way, they are being brought into the state of total amalgamation, and they will have the work done on them as well. Um, that had already been happening, and I hadn't noticed it before. So anyway, um, that's ongoing as well. This is a massive healing. Wow. Um, okay. So, but that's okay. We can handle it, guys. There's, we're unlimited, all right? We have so much ability once we put that focus of attention out there and activate the divine energies, keeping in mind that the higher selves also come from the divine will level, and therefore we have invited them in and they are amazing too so they are here to help so okay now all right so now um i feel that it's <clears throat> i need the spotlight system you know like they have on stage and you have a lot of people on stage the one you're supposed to watch or focus on is the one that's in the spotlight and that's what the higher selves just gave me they put the spotlight on ryan and so, and I don't recall anything that I said about him before, but I want to put the spotlight on Ryan. And it's interesting because he sees the spotlight or he senses it, of course, it's, and it's only symbolic. And he immediately has gone into his paranoia, uh, immediately interpreting it as something negative in nature that they've quote unquote found him. And he is imagining the worst 
that he is now going to be um, moving into being tortured and all sorts of things. Oh, my gosh. He's absolutely moved full on into this type of paranoia and doesn't know where to hide because that light is so powerful that it has him... um, there's nowhere to hide. There's no shadow. There's no darkness there. He just, he doesn't know what to do. It's just confronting, helping him or enabling him to confront this complete paranoia in a way that I don't know that he ever has before. Now, of course, it's just a symbol and it's happening at the unconscious level for him, but it's kind of got him almost frozen like a deer in headlights. Um, but the good news is because he can't hide, he has to, the, the moment that he's standing there keeps expanding. It keeps growing, and, he, and he's, he's waiting for the shoe to drop. He's waiting for the torture to begin. He's waiting for uh, the worst to happen, but nothing is happening. It's not happening. So he's, okay, so as he's doing this, I'm going to ask the higher self to please help um begin the release of the paranoia and I feel it coming out through the top of his head because that paranoia is driven by misconception and misunderstanding. Now, of course, there's a lot of emotions behind it, but right now I'm just having the paranoia come out through the top of his head. I want it to be flushed out. Let's call in the divine flush. We want to um, allow him to release the paranoia and the confusion because he's very confused. He was so locked into this belief that once he was found, he was, you know, everybody was after him and everyone wants to get him, so to speak, and put him away. And so he's waiting for all the negative consequences that he's imagined for a long time. And so he's very confused since the light is just there and he's standing in the center of it and that's it. It's nothing as terrible as happening to him. So there's tremendous amount of confusion coming up, a tremendous amount of confusion. And with it, I would like the belief systems that are behind that confusion, all those belief systems that hold him prisoner in um, and lock out his ability to discern, his ability to be rational, his ability to see clearly. So I want to call him divine clarity, um, divine understanding, divine serenity, and divine calm. And I just I just am watching him let some of this go, and he's he's kind of in a state of shock here because he doesn't he doesn't get it. There is a tremendous amount of not only confusion, but there's there's like a, an empty space. It's almost as if he doesn't have the concept avail- available to him at the mind level of what is happening to him, which is nothing bad, okay, in the symbol. So he has to acclimate, literally has to acclimate to the fact that the light being out in the light, having been found, is not has not led to torture, to his death, to all the terrible things that he's imagined. And I have no idea 
all the things he has imagined. But I just know, both in this life and in other lives, there was a lot of true events that actually did happen to him that got folded in to this um, soul scramble in a way that was very distorted and very intensified as the lives went through and he brought in situations and the conditions based on his belief systems that only made them more complex and more entrenched. So he literally lost the ability to see any other option. This is, wow. I mean, for me, it all makes logical sense, but I would never have really gone there or known consciously to think that, but that's really, he's kind of in this state of, huh, huh, or huh, you know, like what? And there's nothing coming in to fill it. So I want to call in divine understanding, divine clarity of vision, and I want the higher self to please um, bring in, help him uh, uh, to fill that empty void divine reason perhaps, divine discernment, um, there there needs to be some sort of divine serenity, although he seems to be handling it fairly well. I don't see the anxiety going off the, the chart, but I'm sure there's tons of anxiety there anyway, so let's just work on that. That's coming out. That's part, that's a little bit different aspect or... Um, piece of this puzzle, so I'm sure we're going to get to the anxiety down the line. Right now, it's literally that we want to call in divine sanity. We want to call in divine sanity because he, um, he's he been removed from that sane, and I'm using it loosely. Of course, there's moments and probably many moments of sanity for him, but the the part of he carries energetically relating to being sane is is not near as strong as this other kind of very difficult mental illness, state of mental illness. So we want to, that's what the higher selves are calling in and using to empower, to help fill the, that sort of gap of what, because he he doesn't have readily available, although he's certainly been sane in many of his lives, but probably a long time ago. So what is really at the forefront for him are all of the, you know, very bizarre and deep misunderstandings that he's carried for a very long time. So now we're calling in divine sanity, and I do now see that that void, that hole being filled, and I want to call in divine love and um, divine hope. And I want to... Yeah, okay. So he's... I feel there's more um, more acceptance. Let's call in divine acceptance. There's more acceptance that possibly there's more than he thought there would be. Uh, to life. There's more than he had any concepts of um, around. He's beginning to feel, I'm seeing this almost like he's looking around and seeing with fresh eyes uh, 
that the light is simply it's not out to get him it's not about to it's not an a an omen uh predicting his downfall or his death or his torture but instead it's now beginning to illuminate the landscape around him and he's able to see that landscape in a way that he hasn't seen it probably for a very long time. Um, I don't know quite how long it's been since he's had it. Maybe this problem, maybe, I can't remember, maybe 10 years, 8 to 10 years. So, it, you know, I'm sure he grew up before this came into play as he was growing up. There was much more of this ability to be reasonable or have reason. Um, but once the the schizophrenia started to move in. He hasn't been in this position for a while. And I do see him now looking around him in a way that does, it, it's a reminder. It's reminding him that there is more and that he, he's beginning, some of that tunnel vision is opening up. Instead of seeing everything from behind the silver foil, you know, where you're protecting yourself from the um, the attacks, the energetic attacks that you believe are happening to you. Um, he's able to take the foil off the window, so to speak, and look out and see that there is more out there that he wasn't seeing. Now, this is this is really, really great. Uh, what's coming up now, though, is a sense of now I'm feeling the anxiety. Now I'm feeling the, oh, my gosh, um, how do I handle this kind of world? He built his identity. He built his reality so around the other that now that he sees something different, it's it's kind of scary. It's like the landscape has changed and you've gone from, uh, say, um, a desert into a jungle or into a mountainside and you're so used to the desert you, you have no idea what do you do in a mountainside you know you've got flip-flops on or bare feet for the desert and you need shoes for the mountainside you know it's this feeling of being unable to cope un incompetent and not knowing where to start how to deal with anything different. Now, I'm feeling a lot of uh, pain in the chest area. And it's almost like there's a fear of hoping here. There's a fear that maybe life will be different. There's a fear that maybe he's this part is delusional. Maybe this really is fake and the other was really real. And so there's this self-doubt coming up. This self-doubt and this fear to hope that maybe he's been able to, um, maybe he's been able to see things a different way, and maybe he's just being foolish. Maybe he's just um, blind to the realities. Maybe he's being just like what he thinks other people have been, because they don't agree with his reality. So he thinks, oh, I've become, maybe I'm just becoming one of the masses that doesn't really see what's really happening. Of course, in his delusional state, he's seeing it from his viewpoint. Um, and of course, 
we all have viewpoints, so very few people would see it exactly from his viewpoint, no matter what it was, but because it's such an extreme viewpoint, he doesn't have many people who would agree, so to speak, with his um, his tunnel vision. So he he's wondering, is he going to become one of those masses? And I want to, I really want him to begin, I want the higher self to help flush out some of the fears, the fears and the doubts, um, the fears that maybe he can't handle it, maybe he's just, he's now, this is the delusion, and this is false, and this is not the um, the real thing, and maybe he's just, you know, all of those doubts, and all of those questions, and all of the pain, too, because there is a lot of pain here, let me see, um, of course, there's pain here because of the very real events from the past lives, and I'm seeing a lot of that pain being released. It's just coming, gushing out like this really dark energy. There's a lot of pain here, but there's other kind of pain here, too. Um, oh, this is interesting. I am saying that he... He's, and this seems fast to me, this seems really fast, but he seems to be getting the, what's coming up for him and what's causing him a lot of pain is that he's beginning to understand that the people around him, his parents um, and others that have been close to him, those who've tried to help him, anybody in his life, he sees that he's hurt them and made it difficult for them. And he now is bringing in pain from that. I actually am seeing guilt. This was unexpected. I didn't think he would be get that clear that quickly. But he, um, you know, ha- clear in the sense of seeing that his behavior had an impact on others. Now, how this would play out in the real life, I don't know. But I, even if we get rid of two out of 2,000 layers, Let's get rid of as much as we can of that, that the guilt and uh, the shame and the the feeling of of um, doing wrong from by people and taking on all of that. He's he definitely has deep wells of that, um, not just from this life, certainly not just from this life, and not just related to this particular issue. So we want to just release guilt and shame as much as we can. Um, it does seem to be driving a lot of his um, absolute his absolute conviction that he's had for for so long that he's right because if he even thought maybe he wasn't right this is before um, it would allow out this pain and the shame and it's so difficult for him to face so. Luckily, we're getting to it in the unconscious healing. I want him to release as much of that because this actually, it's as if if he didn't look at the fact he could be wrong, then he won't tap into all of that pain and that shame underneath that is so overwhelming. He just couldn't let it in. And so that was part of what was driving this part of the the this little piece of the mental uh, issues. So we want to release that pain and that guilt and that shame. Oh, just really, really a lot. Um, we probably released some in another healing. I 
just can't imagine I would have done a healing where this didn't come up before. But I there's a lot more here, so let's just keep releasing it. And because he released some layers before, he's getting to deeper layers now, which means, hey, all the better. Less fuel to promote this idea that he's always right and that he can't look at different ideas and open up that his approaches, um, his concepts, his viewpoints. Uh, so we want to we want to release, have him release as much as possible. Okay. So while he's doing that, because that's a pretty deep thing, that's ongoing, and I feel it really sucking in from the past and future. Now, there it's sucking in from those um, many parts of his soul uh, process and releasing a lot of that deep well. So we're just going to keep allowing that. And now I want to be, the spotlight has gone to uh, Robin. And Robin, um, I'm going to have you release also, uh, okay, uh, the pain and the suffering you're going through. I do see you have been with uh, your son um, in many lives. This is a very um, deep connection that you have. There's a tremendously deep love that you have for your son. And there's also a deep conviction that you want to help him. And I do believe that you two co-created coming in together today, uh, this life, I don't mean today, uh, to, to help bring resolution and healing and balance into this pattern. And I believe you have helped him in many other lives, but you've come away from those lives feeling uh, that you fell short, that you didn't do enough. It's your fault. And there's a lot of self-blame here. And I really want you to release as much of that self-blame as you can. The um, self-attack, the self-loathing, the shame, it is a very, very big part of what I see here. Now, I know I've worked on you before, uh, but there's, this is related to your situation with uh, Ryan specifically. It, I'm sure we, you know, we all have these kind of things from multiple p different scrambles and different patterns. So I want you to release all of those um, to into your light, and I do see it releasing, and I feel this just tremendous agony of despair. And you, you're despairing because you feel like a tremendous failure. You have taken on this responsibility for uh, Ryan. And he wasn't always your son. You weren't always the mother. But there were other lives where you were in a situation with him that you blamed himself. I do see you on the outside looking in where he has been imprisoned. He has been tortured. Um and it's interesting now that he is in prison because I do see that there uh, are definitely lives where he has been imprisoned. And so he's manifesting in the outer reality, this this whole prison situation. But, um, but in any case, we'll go back and work on him with that. But I want you to, in, in just a minute, but I want you to start the releases with this idea of tremendous guilt that you didn't do enough that you there's a lot of hopelessness and helplessness here um and you there's this all this i should have could have uh stuff you know if only 
And all of that regret is just palpable because you believed yourself to be at fault. And so please, I want you to release as much of that as you can. Um, and then what's happened in this life, of course, it's here he is back in prison and it is absolutely triggering that old lifetime. And, and I just saw the, the slight vignette of one of many of you standing on the outside. He is in prison and being tortured and you are uh, literally hearing him scream, okay? It is a very, very difficult, very dark life. And so that is being triggered off for you right now. And so let's get rid of that as much as we can. Uh, you took, it just, it was like a knife to your heart to uh, experience that, you know. In this day and age, the prisons are off very private and you would never if there's any would be any torture or anything you wouldn't hear it on the outside but in the olden days and who knows when this was um the prisons were right on the street and people were tortured even in front of other people i mean it was very open and you were in a situation where you, he was being held and tortured and you could hear so this is really uh, very dark and very very upsetting, and I want the higher self to please bring in divine uh, serenity and divine love and divine understanding, and also to bring in as much, you know, let's activate as much light um, and as much energy around this experience for you, and actually for Ryan too, because he is, he did experience that, and so that's probably being triggered off too for him. Um, this life and other lives. So we want to, I want to begin for him while you are releasing yours. I want to go back to Ryan. And actually I see the spotlight on both of you. So both of you are going to be releasing elements of this pattern um, right now. And um, okay, I'll, there's another, the spotlight is now gone to include all the people in the, the prison, the jail or whatever he's in. I don't know the lockup. I'm not sure exactly what kind of thing you call where he is, but the 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 hub that had the people there that they that hub, interestingly enough, is also getting some releases and healing energy as as we speak. So Ryan is releasing the the traumatic, the trauma and the drama and the pain and the suffering um, of the lifetimes where he was tortured and beaten and been imprisoned. Um, sometimes he was imprisoned and there was no torture. He was just, you know, put in prison. The key was thrown away, so to speak. So there were just many different elements of being locked up. And so those, those, those experiences I'm seeing being released from Ryan and all the ripple effect, the, the emotional devastation, the despair, the agony, the trying to understand the whys. This is something very powerful in these kind of situations. It's part of the human condition. We try to understand why, and we lock on to answers. And usually, many times, the answers are extremely limited because we simply don't have the more expanded understanding, especially in this time and place where the frequencies on this planet and other planets were relatively low, in a, at least in comparison to where we are today. 
so the so the there's a lot of this wanting to figure out why and all of the misunderstandings, misconceptions, and misinterpretations that he locked into. And these two are very important for him to let go of as best as he can. The the old belief systems, uh, it must, for example, here's one, um, the gods must be punishing me or God must be punishing me. So there is part of this old belief system that he deserves to be punished, that he is being punished, and that if he's not careful, he's going to be punished even more, not only by God, but by the FBI or the authorities, whatever the authorities are in his mind at any point in time. So some of the paranoia has locked onto the and is fed by the misunderstandings that he took in in some of those lives um, about the about God, about the the higher ups. Now I do see too that he he also um, blames and feels that somehow the spiritual authorities uh, around the whatever the spiritual um, dynamics were, the spiritual arena was. The spiritual authorities also got a level level of blame. Also, I see that that he decided that the um, I, I get more like the royal house or the the noble houses or the you know these kind of societies were extremely uh, hierarchical and so he found himself blaming the higher ups in the hierarchy. Sometimes it was the royal houses, sometimes like noble houses, sometimes more like uh, civic councils, that sort of thing. And this too, the external authorities got a lot of the mis misunderstood blame and doesn't mean that sometimes they weren't directly responsible but he for putting him in the prison and he probably would but maybe it was one individual that needed a scapegoat or maybe the they had they made a mistake and there was a real guy that did whatever and it wasn't him you know I don't know just how careful they were back in those days but in any case, he created through many lifetimes this real paranoia around the external authorities. So I want as much as he, that's possible, I want that to be released and to be let go and to understand. I want to bring in divine understanding that external authorities aren't an it. They're, they're made up of individuals and they're, you know, there can be a... Um, Individuals in any group that have mal that are malintentioned or uh, want to hurt or harm, but it's not the whole group. And but he's locked into this whole idea of the all the authorities, and he's been unable to uh, personalize anyone within those authorities. And actually, this is being released, and it's also. Um, having effect on the the prison hub because a lot of the other prisoners, number one, carry a similar, uh, we all do, we all have issues with external authorities and that too is in my next book. But in any case, some of the, the inmates 
are releasing, releasing their very negative viewpoint about all authorities. But on the other side, in the guards and the administrators, they also have a um, have the they're release, releasing belief systems. Gosh, this is getting to be so complex. I hope Robin doesn't mind. <laughs> uh, they're releasing the ideas that all prisoners are the same. So it's working both sides of the coin, and I want to thank the higher self for, for doing this. So Because what we want in any system, any group, is the ability to, to discern and to see that it's not, you know, that generalizations are just that, generalizations, and not to lock into either side of the coin, either side of the blame, um, the blame game, either either side blaming the other side. And so we're releasing a lot of blame here, too, and I'm seeing it come out from the heart center of Ryan. It, I, I feel it flowing out in a huge big cloud moving into the light from the hub, from the jail. Um, anytime we release blame. So I, we need to work on the victim thing. We want to release the victim thing. And I know Robin said, Ryan has a, he's always the victim. And so I want very much to release the victim thing. I also want everybody to release the victimizer thing because we all know if we're blamed, we become the victimizer whether we've ever done anything. And we carry that energy and we can take on guilt and think we made mistakes or it's our fault if somebody blames us. And if they have good arguments, boy, we take it in like hook, line, and sinker. So we have the elements of both the victimizer and the victim. And so I want both of those to be addressed from both Ryan and the the hub that's carrying the, the people from the from the jail or the prison. Okay, so that's being ongoing now. I'm seeing the the, the spot. Thank you, higher self, for the spotlight effect. It's really helping me know where to go next. Um, and now we're moving over to the group that's holding uh, all those related to the legal process, the the lawyers, the the judge. Um, the clerks, I mean, the administrators, any anything and everything are part of anybody who part of the system that has either direct or indirect effect have come in. Now, the interesting thing is I have worked on legal problems both for myself and for others, uh, actually quite often and uh, and also other groups. What I'm not seeing here, which is interesting to me, is that I'm not seeing resistance to the work. Often when I call in a big group, there can be one or two at the soul level that that, that hold themselves uh, out separately. It, it was always my indication that they were... They came in, but they were not willing to do the healing portion. They became observers. Uh, once in a blue moon, somebody would actually leave, but mostly they would stay and not take in the healing energies. I'm not seeing it either in the jail population, and I'm also not seeing it here with the the legal, uh, all the people that are on the, the legal process hub. So I want to... Um, 
I want to just begin the releases for those in the legal process and also for Ryan related to the legal process. What's coming up immediately is whatever process was in existence, which was actually minimal many times. I don't see any, I'm getting scenarios of different lives where the legal process was weak to non-existent. You know, uh, one witness, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing a life where he was in front of a, looks like a king, and there was one witness against him. And so it was really, uh, and no attempt to validate or verify anything that the witness said. And the witness just said it was him, meaning it was Ryan, whoever he was in that life. And the king said, okay. And that was it. There was really virtually no process. Uh, maybe the king, maybe the witness had some, um, the king, king had some knowledge or favor toward that witness, or maybe the, his, somebody did that he knew and convinced him that the witness was right ahead of time. Who knows what the details were, but there, I just seeing all sorts of, um, vignettes around very little, very, very, very little, um, any kind of legal process. So he's come out of those lives as um, feeling, again, not only uh, validating for him and intensifying for him his belief that the external authorities are not his friend and are uh, totally in the wrong, okay? But he also, there's no hope there. He just has a belief system based on real life experience uh, from the past, that he absolutely can't, you know, this is a farce. This legal system thing is a farce. And so I want to ask the higher self to please help him begin to release this locked-in viewpoint coming from very real events that it is a farce and that there's nothing that can come of it and he would just be an idiot to even have any hope for any kind of resolution, and there's this doom and gloom, this absolutely, well, he's faded. I mean, he's been faded, and how many times has it happened to him kind of thing that he's just going to get the worst-case scenario, and he has no say. So he's, I want all of that to be released, that those belief systems that he's absolutely, um, there is no hope and that that this is a farce. And if he, you know, in order to, uh, we want him to release that, that belief because it's so locked in. It's as if, it's as if it's in a trunk and there's 18 locks around the top of that trunk and there's, it is so locked in. Um, and so we're going to have to tackle this trunk because this is not going to be an easy release for him. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if we can fully unlock this trunk, but let's give it a try. I want um, everybody, everybody who's listening, past, present, and future, certainly Robin and I, we're all going to, in the higher south, Jane and company is actually becoming involved at this point. They're going to help channel light with the help of the higher selves. Um, they're going to help channel light into 
the locks. It's as if the light is turning into the specialized key that each one of these exterior locks around the trunk need, and the the key the keys are moving in. We do not need to know. Um, getting that we do not need to know exactly what each lock is, what each part of piece of the belief system is, at least not yet. And I'm seeing one lock in particular being, you know, it's as if it has that key, it's as if it's a laser light and it's just literally dissolving, opening and dissolving the lock. Okay. And it's falling away. But we now have the other 17. Now, I don't know if it's 17, but there's more than two and there's more than five. There's a lot of locks here. Um, okay. So now I want everyone, let's address another another lock. Let's do what we can. Let's just bring in the big guns. Please, higher selves. We want to begin to really, and I do see now that there are keys in almost every lock. I think almost every lock there may be one or two in the back that I, I'm not seeing in the symbol, but right now I'm seeing at least three quarters of the locks with the keys of light in them. It's just an interesting symbol, and I want the the light to just just keep um, sending in the light. And what the light is doing is it's moving in through and around, even though it's going into the lock. In essence, it's symbolic of the light moving into the elements of Ryan's belief system to neutralize the tendrils, the twine, the interlocking beliefs that are keeping that lid shut. And so we want to just keep sending the light in, and you can see it not only working on the lights, but understand that it's moving in through and around the totality of his mind and his soul and working to dissolve both the direct and the indirect misunderstandings, misconceptions, misinterpretations, um, the the false beliefs, uh, the self-identities. And this is all, again, one more piece of the insanity pattern that he was really unable to deal with moving out of it because this box is so locked. It, it, it just had such a hold on him that there was no hope. Now, the the legal situation is also tied in with the external external authorities that I talked about earlier. So these are all interrelated. It, it, even though I'm dealing with it sort of one piece at a time, each piece we we work on helps get even deeper layers of the other pieces, etc. So this is a a very um, okay. Well, what I'm seeing now is that the whole box itself is being encased in light. The whole box, it's kind of like a trunk, like you, those big steamer trunks they used to use in the olden days, and I know they still use them, but not very often now that we have carry-on luggage and we put it up in the bins. We rarely have a steamer, big steamer trunk, but there are people, of course, that still use them, and they do come in handy for camp situations. And it's as if this whole big steamer trunk that was carrying this belief system that had locked it down is now encased in light. And 
I'm seeing the darkness inside there. Even though it's encased in light, there's still darkness. And what I want to do is I want to, I want the light to drill symbolically, of course, a hole right through the top of the trunk, not a big hole so that the stuff coming out of the trunk won't overwhelm him. But we want to build a hole, drill a hole right in the top of that trunk so that the darkness can begin to ooze out into the light. In other words, to help him handle what all of that that's in there, the pain, the suffering, the the fear. There's a lot of fear here, but we don't want him to be overwhelmed. So we want him to release the fear, the fear of... Okay. The fear that it won't be different. The fear that all of his fears are going to come true. Just there's nameless fears. There's specific fears. There's there's just so much fear here. And the the box is now light, so he the the light itself is now completely merged with the trunk and you can sort of imagine the the light moving in and starting to neutralize the fear from the outside in but also there is a release process going through this small hole so the fear is also coming out and being drained in that way and it's just a lot of fear and i want to um, I want to enlarge the hole a little bit. I'm, I'm getting the indication he can handle more of the release. Um, he feels safe because the light is around it. He, there's a, a safety factor here for him that's allowing him to let go of it. And, you know, in even a more, um, a, in a stronger way. So that process is actually ongoing right now. Okay, while that process is ongoing, I'm getting another indication. We have a lot of little hubs here, and there is a hub here with others that are mentally ill. Um, and I do see um, Aggie and some of Jane and Company um, helping with this group of people, and they've been waiting very patiently to get the help they need. Uh, and they, But they have been getting help, I should say. Um, the, As I said, Jane and company are helping them to receive the light. And they've been going through the healing. The Jane and company has been helping them. Not all of these people, in fact, are in body. Some of these are out of body. But even out of body, they have the belief system that's it's a very thin veil. If you have the belief system you're insane here, you have it over there when you lay aside the body, unless you get help and you're help, you are helped out of that. And Ab, I can see now that Aggie has very much become a part of helping those souls who are out of body, who um, to get back into the movement forward, uh, because when you move into heaven and you have a belief system that keeps you from... Um, learning and growing and getting the schooling and the help and everything that you need, it kind of can uh, freeze your process. And we've all had it in our lives over the eons of time. This is, this is normal. Um, but Abby now, Abby, Aggie is now there absolutely 
um, helping these souls. So she has been talking to them and communicating and explaining the processes that have been going on up to this point in time. And now it's just the cutest thing. It's just like the overall impression I get from these souls are almost like they're children. And it's not that they are necessarily children. It's that they have an innocence about them um, an excitement and an anticipation about them because they've had enough help over time. This isn't the first exposure they've had. They've been helped and involved in a process of counseling and help on the other side already. But they're coming in, this is an innocence because they've never been part of this kind of process. There's an anticipation here. It, it feels really good to me. Um, and there, there also is a desire to, to be, to get the direct work. And so that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to activate the, the light, the higher self. Please, um, process, help them do all the releases that they can do. And, um, okay. The, um, they're releasing the uh, it's more it's confusion it's um you know not sure the the um the self doubt the the not being sure of where of where they're going and can they do it the the uh being part of this learning process and, and being worried they're going to, you know, fail. Uh, just all of that sort of insecurity, all of that newness, when we all start out on some new road, we're just not sure how it's going to unfold. There's a little bit of trepidation and anxiety, fear of the future. Uh, how will it work for me? I'm not getting any really heavy patterns, and I think the higher selves are, are just enabling them, this group, to experience something without uh, me spending a long time going into some of the deeper patterns. So, uh, but this is really good, and they are releasing up a storm. They are, I feel, even though it's been so short, I already feel them moving from like a childlike thing into a more, a place of more maturity, more self-confidence, more like in the, the situation of the, uh, of, you know, you're moving into, uh, the teens, maybe, you know, getting a little bit more awareness, uh, understanding of the world and your, your viewpoint is moved past the, the focal point simply on your, your own, you know, home and your parents and that sort of thing. And so I just see a lot of, uh, shifting going on for that group and, um, there's a lot of joy here. There's a tremendous amount of joy. It's as if they really know that they're getting help. They're getting, you know, that their whole process. I don't mean just this little healing thing, but they really are joyful. There's a sense of joy here. And I would like to bring in divine joy, divine love, divine hope uh, to the entire group. Um, the Yeah, and I see it moving in and it's engulfing the totality of all the group uh, and divine um, serenity is important and divine clarity of vision and expanded perception. Each and every group 
uh, can use that energy, divine balance and harmony. Um, I want to also put in divine sanity because we know it was an important one for Ryan. And, of course, the Aggies group is important, too. So we want to call in divine sanity and... um, Okay, the higher selves are moving in through and around the group. The the healing is actually over. They're moving in through and around the group and attending each individual, moving that um, cocoon of energy around to help with the continued processing because just because the healing has ended, they can continue the processing and will as each individual allows from the soul level, keeping in mind that the soul it's the soul level that is calling the shots. Um, also, the cocoon helps with the acclimation. So I just want to take a look at Ryan one more time. Um, and I do see a shift again. It, he's still standing in the light. That That symbol has not changed, and I'm kind of happy it hasn't. But there does seem to be a, lit, a little bit more of the solidity or the sense that I feel that he's more in the in the middle of reason. Um, he's he doesn't. I'm, I'm not feeling all that fear and paranoia, waiting for the shoe to drop, and all of that. I'm not saying it's gone because in real life these things take layers. But I think for today, we've taken um, some good steps forward. He has um, made some shift from the early symbol to what it is now. And he does have the cocoon around him. Um, I'd like to call in also a whatever energy is needed and necessary to, to um, connect Ryan with all the process that he is going to be involved in. So it's going to be the legal process. It could be if he's recommended for some sort of counseling, the counseling process, the connect him with his his parents and uh, any other loved ones. I want the, the light to have some divine connection for him uh, and carrying the energy on an ongoing basis that is going to bring in balance and harmony in his highest ideal at all times, no matter how that plays itself out. Um, So I want to put in those connections, amalgamate the connections with the higher selves. They're always going to be in his highest ideal. And I do see him connecting with the, the jail population, the legal processing, and with the parents, Robin and uh, his father and his stepfather, he's he's connecting with all of them, um, and I'm sure if there are others that that's also happening. I'm just dealing with the, the ones that I got um, I got for the healing. Whew! So wow. So I'm seeing now that the. The healing is really moving to a close, and all the hubs are now being cleared. Ryan is still there, and I just want to send him all my love and all my um, my hope for him that, that everything will be okay over the next few days. And um, same to Robin. 
Okay. So, wow. I'm like completely overwhelmed. There was an awful lot that went on in that healing. An awful lot good happened. I'm hoping there'll be some very positive uh, effects and shifts manifesting in the outer reality. I, I truly, truly hope that that will happen. And yikes. Hi. <laughs> um, I don't even know what to say, but wow. Wow. I know that, um, oh, Robin has actually activated. She didn't know if she was going to feel well enough to talk after the healing, so I will. Um, but she did put the little question mark on, so I'm going to put her on just to see if she has anything to say um, that she would like to share with you listeners. Okay, and I hope all the listeners got help with this one. I really do. All right, here she is. Let me activate your mic. Hey, Robin. Hi, Janet. Hi, Janet. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, I've been, I've been really not in a good, good state of mind at all over all this. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm okay. I followed along. I thought it was a great healing. I I just wanted to thank you, and I appreciate it. And I, I think you hit on so many different important aspects, um, you know, about it. I what I thought was really interesting was the idea that because his his um, his belief system is so so tightly locked in that if he were to open it up all the fear and all the all the fear of what what that would mean for him to have to start looking at um you know the uh, other possibilities that that you know yeah. some of his ideas yeah. aren't aren't right and there may be another way and just that sense of fear that was was released like there's a crack in the shell and it starts oozing out or something, the the fear yeah. and, and the worry. I thought that was very interesting. I could see where where that where that would happen. Um but And um, I, I I didn't see that um clear completely. I left it in process if you recall, but I, I know that it will go as much as he can today, you know, he'll he will release but yeah, that was a biggie. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know the thing with the uh the trunk and you know letting the light in. Oh, that's right. And there was a lot more fear uh associated with uh you know opening up the trunk. Yeah. Um, you know, it I've came out, it oh, came out in different ways a couple of different places. Yeah. Right. I I've, I've always felt that, you know, at the very basis of of um Ryan's conditions that the the bottom line factor main factor is fear and probably confusion fear and confusion i uh-huh. would say and uh anyway but i thought it was great and i i i'm so glad that the higher selves took it to include 
you know, the, the legal people involved, the legal process, the jail population, even the guards, um, um, then other mentally ill people, that was really good. I have another girlfriend who's very severely paranoid schizophrenic, so it was nice that I could put her on the hub and know oh, that good, she's getting good. and know that she's getting some help too. And um yeah, I just you know, it was very, very good and I, I really want in, in, in the coming weeks I know one of the ways I can help Ryan the most is if I go and review the other other uh, phone healings that we've had with him, I think there were three last year, and uh, and and this one also, you know, just keep up this kind of work. And you know, who knows? Ryan may be um, he's he's not open to traditional uh, you know psychotherapy or medication, but something like the work you do, uh, who knows? Maybe he would be open to it. It, and it can help, maybe even though he doesn't agree mentally. He was there at the soul level. He was doing the healing, so it means at the soul level. Yes. He, he hasn't closed out this kind of help, and so I agree. If you do listen to those again, and again, you can them during the healing and other things, you know, in case I don't say it, um, you know, but if you do continually do that, it will take more layers off and it might open him up at the conscious level. I mean, that would be the hope. Um, but yes, it can absolutely help him. Right, right. Well, that was very good. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, hopefully in the near future, we'll do a, a healing on me and work on... Um, you know, work on my drinking problem that I've been having over this, you know, just my drinking problem, and that got so triggered with this whole thing with Ryan. Um, yeah, um, well, to, let, let me let me just tell you, kiddo, that we will work on it, so no worries. But that was a pretty heavy lifetime where you were outside hearing him scream. Did you? I'm sorry yeah. about that. That was that was intense. yeah. That was. That would be very that would be very intense and 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 very painful and um and yeah I do I get so uh, I do have a deep love for my son despite everything that's gone on and all the terrible names he's called us and you know the fact that he doesn't you know doesn't appreciate or or ever, you know, thank us for what we have done, you know, it's just never enough and but but um he's just unable, you see, you're you're part of that external authority now. It's all tied right. in. And so he's just completely unable to allocate any positive anything to those external authorities. It's just so it's just been so intertwined, interwoven and distorted over the year you know the lifetimes and so it really isn't personal to you but being there and not feeling any kind of appreciation must be very painful and and difficult i i can't imagine but your love for him yeah you're never it, gonna it is and and you know he has opened up a little bit you know um and uh you know like in he'll occasionally he'll let me give him a hug now um, the other day on the phone from jail, he 
I said, you know, I love you, take care. I always tell him I love him, and sort of under his breath, he said, I love you. And he said, yeah. uh, to even to tell Rich to hello. So that was oh, uh, wow. really good. Yeah, that nice. was good. So I, nice. I told Rich. I told Rich that Ryan said to say hello to him, and Rich was like flabbergasted. Rich was like, what? Ryan said to say <laughs> hello to me? <laughs> well, yeah, so there will, there can be and there will continue to be um, some shifts, so that's that's the good news. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, okay, well, thank you so much. I'm pretty You're welcome. And, uh, but I really do think, uh, hope, that something good all will come out of this, and this healing has really helped me to have faith and hope that um, that that healing does happen, that you know something good can happen, and that we just need to work at it. Yeah, like that's it. Like, we just like need to come out. It's sometimes easier said than done because lives are busy. We have a lot of things calling on our time. So it's it is easier said than done, and trust me, I get that as much as anyone else. I can only just encourage, you know, like you like you were saying, to, to just do the work. Right, right. Oh, okay, Janet. Well, thanks again. Thanks a million. I appreciate it, and uh, I, I think this was a very powerful healing, and I, I know it's going to have an impact on on well, the activity tomorrow. Well, thank you for you know bringing it to me. I'm really glad that you did and it's going to help a lot of others for sure and I, I, you know, you know I love you Robin. So just, you know. Oh, and I love you too, Janet. Let's so get much. connect, you know, connect. Okay. Bye-bye, kiddo. Oh, okay, bye-bye. Okay, guys. So, thank you listeners for tuning in and until next week, I have another healing for next week. They're starting to come in again. Thank you. I'm so happy. Um, and it's not that I don't like when I don't have a healer a healing. I always enjoy sharing information with you and trying new things and expanding in different ways. So it's all good. But I really didn't miss the individual healings. So I'm glad I have a healing for next week. If you want to call in uh, call in, or uh, email me requesting a healing, please do at Janet at JanetRichmond.com or Janet at HigherSelfVoice.com. Either way, you'll get to me and I will answer you. And I will do, you know, allocate a healing for you on air. Okay. So have a great week, everyone. And again, thank you, Robin for bringing me the opportunity and I send all my love to her and to Ryan, his father and his stepfather and uh, to all the listeners as well. Okay. Uh, With that, I will say goodbye until next week. Okay. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.